As we said at the outset of the show, uh, Tampa lost, in my opinion, an icon that we should have celebrated a lot while he was still alive. Shock G from Digital Underground passed last night, went to Greco Middle and Chamberlain High School here in Tampa. And I think we squandered the opportunity to kind of let him know how much Tampa, and specifically this show, appreciated his talents while he was here. Now, this guy we're about to talk to fascinates me. He's a great host. He's got one of those deliveries that is factual, yet compelling, straightforward, yet he manages to inject a little bit of style and panache. Would you agree with that, despite the fact you don't know what panache means? Absolutely. I mean, I've, I listen to almost every crime podcast out there, and I think there are some great hosts. And not having much heard much of this guy's work before, he has quickly become one of my favorite podcast hosts. Because he does. He's he's not afraid to be brash at moments or inject some opinion. Uh, and, and, I mean, some of the characters that he's coming across in this, uh, in this podcast, which is entitled The Case, uh, is pretty fascinating. We've had a relationship with Stephen Che from Barstool for a little over a year. He calls our show to talk football every once in a while. We dig him a lot. Kirk Minahane also works for Barstool, and he fascinates me, his personal openness with mental health. And I want to dig into some of that, but even, I don't know anything about him, but I, he strikes me as a guy who wants the podcast to speak for itself. So let's mention it's called The Case, like you said, John. And I just happened to find it one day when I was leaving home and I said, I need a podcast to listen to on the way to work. And Apple suggested the case. And I saw it was from Barstool. And I said, "Ah, what the hell? I'm from Massachusetts. I'll check this out. And uh, it turns out, holy crap, is this one fascinating, disturbing and um, unpredictable tale. Yeah, it, it all starts with a 16-year-old girl named Jennifer Fay who went missing from Brockton, Massachusetts after a party in 1989. But that is literally just the beginning because the places uh, this story seems to be taking him is uh, pretty pretty insane. And when you think you've heard it all, you hear yeah. another <laughs> twist. And I just finished the Diane episode last night, which is the latest one. Kirk, thank you very much for making time for us. And uh, congratulations <laughs> on a well-received, and I'm sure enormously popular podcast called The Case. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, no, it's been doing great. And you guys, by the way, the two of you have managed to pull off quite a trick. You've had uh, the least interesting personality of Barstool, yeah. Stephen Che on, <laughs> and the most interesting personality, Kirk Minahan. We have to find the one who's in the exact middle and have them person on as well. Then you have completed the entire sandwich, I would say, which is quite it. I actually like Stephen Che. He does the uh, he does the traffic for, uh, for like our advertising. So he'll send us a message, and if I do it, ad read for say Simply Safe, that's fifty eight seconds instead of sixty seconds. He'll send an email complaining about it. So I think I suggested once on the show. I just want him to play in traffic for the rest of his life as opposed to being the traffic coordinator. Kirk, you do a great job with the reads. I can't wait to try. Is it the Smithfield Farms cheese Gouda spread? Am I getting the name right? Well, I guess, but I mean, listen, you got to get you got to get your hands on a taser. You get, you know, it's, it's you got you got to protect yourself. That's and that's you know, Taser's the presenting sponsor for the uh, show. Yes, uh, Smith's Country Cheese, which is uh, yeah, if you if you like a nice uh, plate of cheese, uh, that's the place to go. Though, of course, you guys don't know this. Knowing my madness and insanity, I'm now battling with Smith's Country Cheese. As only I can. Nobody, my producer Steve Robinson, always says to me. 
Nobody walks away from business like you do. I light everything up. Like right now, we like each other. I guarantee three months from now, you guys are both going to hate me. I can't believe I had this jerk on. That's <laughs> almost almost a guarantee. No way. No, uh, you and I, I think, yeah. are cut from the same cloth. When I, I, I hear, I feel like I'm yeah. talking to myself. When I was reading kind of the backstory on Kirk, I felt like I could have been reading details regarding Drew Garabo. Yeah, so I, I believe me when I say you have a great deal of my empathy and uh, also my disdain because we tend to oh, hate ourselves. You. Yeah, oh, no, no problem. And, you, and you're right about oh, yeah. You're right about Steven in that uh, he is a bit oh, on the... Uh, on the dry side. So to be able to find that middle barstool personality, that one who straddles the line between way alpha type personality and Che, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll strive for that. And, uh, but, but first let's, well, I do know that I, and he was very young at the time, but I knew, I do know that Dustin Hoffman followed him around for three months before he played the role in Rain Man. I do know to get deep into character, he spent a lot of time around Stephen Che. That's fact. <laughs> I just want to quote you on that one. Uh, Kirk, how did this case sure. find its way to your attention? Because you do such a great job presenting it, especially in episodic format, which is the key to podcasts, I think, these days. Uh, how did this come to your attention, mm-hmm. and what made you decide to devote so much passion and time to this case? Yeah, you know, so I do the I do a, a, a week a couple of shows a week uh, in a different format in Barstool, and I enjoy doing like I'm sure you enjoy enjoy doing your show. But I was getting and I had hosted radio in Boston for years before that. I did want to try and flex a different muscle in true crime, whether it's in book form or documentary form or podcast form, is always interesting to me. And even back in my old radio days in EI, I kicked around true crime series ideas with people there, and they weren't that warm to it. Um, so I started looking around on Reddit maybe nine months ago, and I saw this case for Jennifer Faye, you had mentioned, in Brockton, Massachusetts, which is uh, about 40 minutes from where I am, where I grew up. And I didn't know anything about the case, and I thought, boy, that's interesting. Uh, and started reading more about it, and then reached out to her sister, uh, Yvette, who's featured in a couple of the episodes. Talked to her, started learning a little bit more, a little bit more. I thought, well, this is something that I think I can maybe do six or eight episodes about. Talked to my bosses, Dave Portnoy and Eric Nardini, and they said, go for it. You know, we trust you. We trust your talent. Uh, you know you're going to be committed. You, you know you're going to work hard at it. And, you know, like I said, my producer Steve and I have sort of hammered out episode. We're in, we're in here right now. I'm taking a break from uh, finishing up episode four, which will be Monday. Ooh. And, you know, we went down the, to South Carolina four or five times, upstate New York. We went to Vermont. Uh, we've gone all over the place talking to people about this story. And, uh, and as you said at the beginning last, I mean, it's really, I mean, the feedback has been unbelievable, and the numbers have been phenomenal. We couldn't be happier. Now, Kirk, the only part I found real difficult to stomach from my own perspective is I have a soft spot for developmentally challenged people. My nephew has Down syndrome, and I do a lot of advocacy for those groups. And to hear the mistreatment of that poor young girl by her family who forced her to march outside and and go to the bathroom in a bucket, and they physically abused her, and there were some allegations of sexual abuse as well, that had to be difficult for you to, uh, to experience as they were telling you, right? Oh, brutal. And, you know, we, I remember we were told that the first time in the first interview we had with anybody was a vet, was, was Jen's sister. And she told us about Rena and the story. And I thought it seemed to be one of those neighborhood stories that wasn't real. And then we dug in and we saw the AP stories and the other stories. And we thought, oh, my God. And when we talked to Diana Natale and Richard Verville, the two people who, who, who committed these acts, uh, and then, you know, looked at it more and more. The more you read about it, this stuff, we even, the stuff we even put in, it was almost worse. And, um, you know, we is the one person we didn't really even want to reach out and talk to. I, I just felt like I, I didn't want to bring up those memories for her. Good. And it didn't really have anything. Her story herself had nothing to do with Jen going missing. You know, the idea that people were doing it to her, 
had a connection, but like, I didn't, I didn't want to put her. That's the, really the one person in the series that, you know, I had such empathy for that. I just did not want to have her relive that. That's beautiful of you. I really, I respect that a tremendous deal. Cause that's the most, I mean, it's all tough to handle. Don't get me wrong. Some of those, uh, those messages on Facebook from Boston, Jeez. but, uh, but man, uh, that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. stuff was really hard. Uh, John Senning, what do you have for Kirk who has the podcast, the case that's C A S E available where you get podcasts, Kirk, we've been kind of, you doing some research on you and you've been very open throughout the years during your time in radio with your battles with mental health and, and the struggles. And I think, you know, being in radio, Drew and I, and anybody can kind of understand uh how uh, mental health issues don't always pair well with the world that is radio how have things been having to dig into something like this because i mean the emotions that come along with not only meeting these people but hearing the details like we just talked about and it sounds like there could be points where maybe you're not completely safe around some of these people how have you handled it and uh, how has it affected uh, just your general mindset compared to when you were in radio um, that's a good question. I, you know, I think mental health, you know, as you guys know, is so weird. You can, you know, you could be having a great run and feel lousy or doing stuff that you really enjoy and feel lousy, or you could be doing stuff that it's, you know, having interviews with people who have lost their, 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 their daughters or their daughters are missing or their sisters have died or their children have died. And, you know, you, you would expect to feel awful, but in a weird way, you know, maybe you don't because you're working so hard at it. I'm working so hard at this that I'm able, I'm able, I think, in a lot of ways to bury myself in the project. I'm not really, you know, I'm not spending as much time in a weird way thinking about my own mental health. In a way it's been cathartic, but yeah, I mean, there are times when, you know, and you'll hear it in the next episode, episode four out on Monday that we, you know, we're on, we're looking at autopsy photos of uh, this woman who, who died under strange circumstances in Walhalla. Her mother is with us. She's, she shows us the autopsy photos of her daughter who's dead. And the oh. autopsy photos are horrific. Oh. And then the, the woman who died, her daughter comes up. So we're, we're looking at photos on a pickup truck on a dirt road in, in the back roads of Walhalla of this, this girl who died a horrible death with the girl's daughter and mother with us. And I'm thinking, you know, four years ago, I'm talking about, you know, Julian Edelman and what are the Patriots going to do in the draft? Right. And now I'm, you know, in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, have been doing this, but in a lot, it, 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 it's, it's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And I do feel now, knowing Jen's family, knowing these people in South Carolina, an obligation not to solve it, not to be some hero. That, that, that's up to law enforcement. But I do feel an obligation to tell their story because I do think, and I've said this before in other interviews, and I think in the podcast, one of the episodes, you guys know watching 48 Hours or Dateline or any of these series, oftentimes, these girls are from, you know, wealthier families or their housewives, and their stories are tragic, no question about it, but their stories are heard. These girls have lived tough lives. There's been drugs. There's been abuse. There's been these things. These girls don't look like the girls that you see on 48 Hours, but I feel like their story has to be told, and, and you know, we're just telling a couple of the stories. There's so many more. And you're telling him in such a compelling way, and and I love the fact that they're released every week because it truly, like a good television program back in the day, gives me something to look forward to every oh, week. Oh, no, it, it really it does. And this last one was the first time we got a glimpse of you as a person and a personality because some of the message that this Diane lady were posting about you, weaponizing your mental health and, and, and disparaging your character, I knew none of that in the first couple of episodes, and I loved the show. Now, 
you're a you're a person. You know what I mean? It humanized you and 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 exposed yeah. a little bit about you. And what a lousy mm-hmm. thing for that lady to do. I thought you handled it with class that ninety nine percent of the people probably wouldn't have been able to do. So well done on that. But that had to be difficult for you to read from that lady. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to, you know, if you've listened to me in my other shows in my career, class probably isn't the, the first thing that people come up with, but I do appreciate that. I, I, I do think, you know, like like I said, she has her story, her history. I have mine. I'll put my, you know, my moral fiber and my character up against hers any day of the week. You know, I've never enslaved a girl, and I've never, you know, I've, she, she is who she is. I am who I am. Uh, but, you know, in my other show, and you guys know this on social media, there are people like her, even my other show, who will do that and go at me. And I, So I've, I've built up a pretty a pretty thick skin for it. But I thought, you know, I thought this, I wanted this podcast series, a true crime series to be different in some ways than other ones. And I felt like, and I'm talking to my producer about it. We have to include this. It's part of the conversation. It's part of who she is. This is how she reacts when she's held to the fire. So I felt like that was an essential thing to do. Let me ask you a follow-up to that. You are very open about your struggles on social media and um, you are at Kirk Min, K-I-R-K-M-I-N. Do you find it, therapeutic more therapeutic and helpful to be so open with it or do you sometimes wish that you could kind of cloak more and keep more to your chest probably the second part but the truth is i've been doing this for so long talking about my, about my mental health that like you can't put toothpaste back in at this point yeah and you know it, i do find like you know uh in 2018 i was i went uh, i was hospitalized for mental health and came back to my old radio show and talked about it and it happened again, you know, a couple of times in the past year here at Barstool. And when I do shows about it, I can't tell you how much, you know, emails and messages I get from people who listen to the show every day who are going through the same thing. There is still, to me, amazingly in 2021, stigmatized mental health. I don't know why. Now, you know, it's having it, it it's different than having cancer. It's different than having this or having that. I understand that. But it's not something you choose. You have it and you have to deal with it. And I'm, I don't know, and I, I do think men are still still feel a little more stigmatized than women. I think there's some reason they feel like it's emasculating. Somehow it's not. It's just, it's what it is. And if you don't have conversations about it, if you don't talk about it, and it builds up, it's really not going to end well. I mean, it's just, it, this is just, I mean, you have to, if you have any questions, if you're listening right now, and you have any doubts in your mind, or any mental health issues, or anything, go talk to somebody and try and get it taken care of because it's not going away on its own. This is not the cold. There's not some cut on your finger. You know, you're stuck with it unless you do your best and take, if you need medication, fine, but go and have conversations and talk about it. That, that really is the most important thing. We are talking to Kirk Minahan from Barstool Sports. He's the host of the Case Podcast. Kirk, from what we've gathered in the first few episodes, and I don't, I want to be very careful of spoilers here, but there is a character sure. uh, who goes by the name Boston, huh. and uh, he seems like bad news. Um, were there times in in recording this podcast where you felt that your well being was actually uh, at stake or that you were in danger? Because it feels like if you're around this guy, that's a possibility. For sure. Yeah, I mean, a couple of times, the first time we talked to him, definitely, and even episode four, we go into detail about a place we go to uh, in, in West Union, South Carolina, this sort of little hidden compound where we were told this family carried lots of guns and, you know, were, were ex- extremely combative. And my producer and I, we were down there, just him and I in the rental car, on this back road, went, went by this little street four or five times, and we finally said, we're going in. 
you go down this long dirt road and you go and it's surrounded by a forest and mm. nobody can see you other than them. And that was the one time going down that hill where I was like, what, what am I doing? Why, what are, what are we doing? Let's turn around. There's a Chick-fil-A 10 minutes away. Let's have lunch at Chick-fil-A and just call it a day. But we didn't, we went and it was, you know, it was just another experience. And I think, I think when you guys listen to episode four, to me, it's the wildest one yet. I mean, this is, I think a total a total game changer in the series, which I think, I hope, leads to some action uh, by the Oconee County Sheriff's Department oh, wow. in South Carolina. I, I hope that happens. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Uh, going back to radio for a second, it is an industry that attracts mm-hmm. this disturbing combination of insecurity yet narcissism, egotism yet fragility. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm so fascinated by this, you had no problem trashing the people you worked with, the station you work with. I think every radio guy, there's at least Mm -hmm. a little bit of them that's like, I wish I had the balls to do that. Do you regret doing that because of the consequences? Or are you like, you know what? I spoke my mind at the time and F anybody who have a problem with it. No, I mean, I have a great job now at Barstool. Essentially total freedom. Here's the deal. You know, I can just tell talking to you guys, you guys get it. If I worked with you guys, I'd like you guys. I'd make fun of you. I, I did a morning show yeah. uh, for, for years. Yeah. I'd make fun of you guys in the afternoon, but you guys would come back and make fun of me. Oh. If we saw each other, you know, you don't see, like in the morning, you almost never saw the afternoon guys. Right? Ever, the yeah. afternoon guys never, it's Ever. just, you don't, you don't cross, you don't cross over much, Ever. but we would laugh about it in these, whatever, six times a year we saw each other and then yeah. we'd move on. We'd oh. say, oh, they make fun of us. It's all great. Oh. People are sensitive. I will say this management. Uh, radio management essentially are full of stupid people, and radio salespeople essentially at their core are morons. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, is that even are these even indisputable facts? These I mean, are truths. Guys, these are truths. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and they're and they're so entrenched in their ways that sometimes you know we would do on our show, our old show in, in Boston, we would do thirteen, fourteen, fifteen ratings, right? Like massive numbers. Yeah. And the program director would come in and say. Now, that's a good number, but, you know, maybe if you took a break two minutes earlier and swept the quarter hour, you guys would be better off. And I would say, just get the hell out of this office and leave me alone. The show that you like, the show that you don't bother, that does everything you tell them to do is doing a four rating. Yeah. Go fix them and then come to us. Oh, my God. This is my and, – and I would, it would bother me all day. It would fester in my head all day long. I'm so happy now to be relieved of that. And, you know, oh. uh, I, I love radio. Like, you know, I, I'll always have a love for radio. Who knows? I might go back to radio one day. And this is all done, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it can just, you guys know, it can just drive you nuts. Yeah. If you let it, and I will tell you, um, I've been in it since 94, and um, I've been in Tampa now for going on 10 years. And um, to be able to have a partner, I'm not just sucking you off unnecessarily, John, but to be able to find that one dude who gets it, who goes through the same stuff, and then you can go to him with all your concerns about the other stuff, the, you know, sales and the other shows right. and whatnot, uh, it'll keep you afloat in this damn business. But I would be lying if I didn't say... I wasn't envious of the fact that you don't have to eat that crap sandwich anymore and play. Not like you were ever good at the Well, you want to hear somebody who rips somebody, Drew. Forget it. Before we were on, John was destroying you behind the scenes. I mean, it was... was 
I've never heard language. I didn't even know what those words meant. I've never heard language like that. It was incredible. <laughs> he is uh, Kirk Minahan. He has the Case Podcast. It is magnificent. It's brilliant. It's compelling. It's everything you want in a podcast, and it makes a 45-minute to an hour drive go like that. John, what do you got for Kirk? Kirk, before we let you go, we are in Tampa. You mm-hmm. are from Boston. You used to do Boston Sports Radio. Do you have any commentary or thoughts uh, that we have stolen Tom Brady from Boston and that, and that he's our Tom now? And uh, turned him into a better version of Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. What, Let's be fair. What are your takeaways on Tampa, Tom? I mean, it, you listen, he's uh, he, the guy's incredible. So I had him on my morning show every week. We battled a couple of times. We had a long, if you look, if you Google it, he and I had a big battle over Alex Guerrero for about 40 minutes one day. Oh, he was geez. always a great guy. Yeah, it was, go look it up. It was, we, we Tom and I had a complicated relationship, but it, it, it you know, it ended okay. Look, oh, wow. I mean, what can you what can you say about the guy? I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, and the fact that his forehead stays so frozen and his face stays so full of puppy at this age, to me, is even more impressive than those seven Super Bowls. Well, there we go. There goes that ever hopes of any, having any kind of relationship with Tom. We, we've been trying to sniff the guy's jockstrap since he moved here, and now we just oh, well, ruined I mean, it with one conversation. Here, now I know here, who you here, are. Here, Drew, Drew, here's what you do. Just say, hey, you know, we hate, I'll let you do this. I have no problem with it. Say, hey, we had Kirk Minahan on. We hate him, too. Can you come on and talk about it? And then he'll come on. And you'll be all set. I'm fine with that. Use me. I don't mind that. <laughs> and look, I did a week of the TB12 method. Alex Guerrero's a god among men. Yeah. I'm drinking 90 ounces of water a day, and I don't eat yeah. inflammatories anymore. Yeah, I'll tell you. You guys are probably up against so I'll tell you one funny story. So I ripped Guerrero for a while. We were the last Super Bowl I was at on Radio Row. It was in Minneapolis, I think. Yeah, it was the last one. And that, we were at the Mall of America the whole week. It was hell. Uh, there was a store at the Mall of America that sold just cookie dough, different kinds of cookie dough. It was great. I went every night and stuffed my face. <laughs> I went there. I had this big bowl of cookie dough. I'm walking. I'm eating it, and I bump right into Alex Guerrero. And he looks at me like, what are you eating? And then we talked for, like, it was actually we had a really good conversation. I've talked to him subsequently. We got along okay. But, uh, I mean, look, you can make fun of it. You can say the guy's a nut. It's working. I mean, and I will say Patriots fans – are totally on Brady's side. I will say, you've seen these rumors, if Brady begins to recruit guys like he did with Gronk, if he brings Edelman out of retirement, then I think people will start turning around here toward Brady. But given the way the Patriots played last year, it's totally pro-Brady around here in that, in that battle. That's good to know. Hey, listen, we are up against it, but I do appreciate the time very much. I hope we can touch base with you again. He's Kirk Min on well, Twitter. The podcast is the case. Maybe a couple episodes down the road, yeah. we touch base with you again and pimp it because uh, sure. you're a good dude and you're doing a passion project and you're doing a magnificent job doing it. And as an aside, I'm not one of those guys who's just going to say this. I followed you on Twitter, and if you want to follow me back and if ever you feel like you're going through it and you need to talk to somebody who might be able to relate to a thing or two, uh, please don't hesitate to slide into those DMs because I, I pride myself on being there for people that I care about. And I can tell that uh, that sometimes you struggle with some of the same things that I do. And and, uh, and uh, you know, I would consider it an honor if I could help you kind of through those uh, those rough spots. So don't hesitate to do well, that. I appreciate that. I'm grateful. And thanks for the publicity. I, I, I'll take you up on that. Good. As long as you promise me you will not help Stephen Che out if he's in the same situation. That's <laughs> I, all I ask. Yeah, no, I, I didn't okay. even follow him. And I yeah. told him he's not allowed to contact oh, me. Oh, good, good. Anyway. Yeah, no, no, no whatsoever. Good, we're good. we're smart, Team Kirk. Smart. Team Kirk all the way, man. Uh, and all right, guys. Thanks, thanks buddy. so much. Hey, appreciate you, Kirk. Uh, have a good one, man. And thank you very much. Send us that you cheese. Too. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, dude. He's good. He's the radio personality that I wish I could be. Dude, he's good. He's really, really good. If I had balls, I would be Kirk Minahan. Yeah, he's... But I'm I'm so afraid of, like, getting fired again. I would never do the things he does or did 
to get fired. Right. But I I wish I had the testicles that that guy did. Yeah, he's got moxie. That you, was really good. Okay, honest question. Mm-hmm. Do you think if he was doing mornings and we were doing afternoons, would we be able? No. Like, I know it's funny games now. No. no. Right? No. Like, we would take it personally, and there would be legit beef. Or <laughs> he would. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But but just in, I think that in this setting, it's 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 all good. But I think that you guys are probably more alike than you think, and that doesn't always really work out. Right. Like, like we're too alike, and that would probably. Yeah. yeah. Wait, there's a 617 call. Let me take that real quick. That's Boston. Drew Grubba Live, hello. Tom? Hey, this is this is a, a duel. I used to roommate, room with Kirk Manahan <laughs> at Williston, Northampton. That must have been cool. He's a, he, I'm sure it was never boring. Uh, no, the guy was a, a psycho. Uh, he used to steal money from me all yeah, the time. I mean, the, the, guy, <laughs> the guy had mental illnesses, you know? I mean, he has a – I mean, he, in this, in this most recent episode of the podcast, he says Google me, and it's not all that pretty. So, I mean, <laughs> when I, I – when he said that was honestly the first time that I went and started looking him up to think about getting him on the show. And that kind of interested me more, but oh, yeah. at the same time, you know, he's open about it. I think he owns everything that he's, that he's done. And I think if you were listening to him regularly during a period of time, I'm sure your, your feelings are different than ours. Or yeah. if you roomed with him, your feelings are different than ours, but I enjoy him. He's talked to Tom Brady and they've gotten into yeah. it. We've got I've, to find I've read out. those headlines. Yeah. I, I didn't know that was him, but I remember reading yeah. through the years that on EEI, there yeah. was a guy that Brady got into it with. We got to find that audio. Let's do that. Uh, John, what do you find about Joseph? Well, if you, you may remember, it's a very morbid story, but there was a human head found in St. Pete. We finally have some answers about that. Mm. And if you've ever or never heard of a vampire facial... I'm I'm sorry. Did you say a vampire facial? Yeah. Oh, all right. I'll let you know what it is next. Coming up in John's joints. Good evening. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Four, four splashes. Uh, 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 uh. Renewal by Anderson of Florida has the perfect time to update your home with added savings. Enjoy the beauty and the quality and integrity that only Renewal by Anderson of Florida offers. They'll sweeten the deal with 20% off windows. 20% off patio doors and 20% off installation. And they'll give you no money down, no payments, no interest for 12 months. There is a minimum purchase of three windows and or patio doors required for the discount. But take a look at what they've got and then contact an associate for complete details. RBAFLA.com. That's RBAFLA.com. You'll find that they use high-quality materials, that it is beautiful, and all they want to do is make your house look as great as it can look. Or if you're looking for a sales job, call 855-830-2420 or email amy at mellickgroup.com, M-E-L-L-I-C-K-G-R-P.com if you would like a sales job at Renewal by Anderson of Florida and their growing team in Tampa. It's Drew Garabo live on 102.5 The Bone.